Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thanks again for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We're going to pick up in John 4 with the encounter that Jesus had with a woman, a Samaritan woman. And if you remember, he had told her to go uh, fetch her husband and come back there. Well, the woman responded and she said, I have no husband. And Jesus told her, you've correctly said that you have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the one you now have, in other words, she lived with him, is not your husband. And this you've said truly. So Jesus is acknowledging, yeah, what you just said to me is true. You don't have a husband, but I know the balance of it. Later on, this woman's actually going to interpret that and proclaim it to the town folk, particularly the men, in this way. She's going to say, come, come see the one that told me everything about me. With that one little statement right here of, of her status in her life, she understood that Jesus knew everything about her. You know, I, I think that's probably something that most believers do not understand today. You know, we're so worried sometimes about what people will think about this or about that. And sometimes we do things and we think, well, okay, we got away with that. Nobody knows. All the while, refusing to acknowledge, refusing to understand that the Most High knows everything. He knows what we've done. He knows what we've thought and didn't do. He knows it all. So the woman responds to Jesus and says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. So she makes this statement right after that. She says, I perceive you're a prophet. So she wants to throw this out at him. And it's not so much a question, but it's a statement that brings forth questions. And he, she says this, our fathers worshiped in this mountain and you people, that would be the Jews, you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And so this is a big debate. And this is the big thing that goes all the way back to when the uh, 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 when Israel was split into North Kingdom and South Kingdom, because the Northern Kingdom created an entire uh, perverted form of Judaism. And, you know, quite often, I mean, I heard for years and years messages, sermons, teachings and stuff in the Old Testament, and nobody ever really spoke to this. Nobody spoke to what was happening with the kings of Israel and what was happening religiously there was not true Judaism. It was a perversion of it. Well, now the Samaritans are actually a perversion of that form of Judaism. So she's stating this. She says, hey, our fathers say we worship here on this mountain. You say you worship down in Jerusalem. She just makes a statement. She's not asking a question. She's not really asking which is right or which is wrong, though she is sort of saying that. But I think she may be like wanting to get the uh, uh, attention off herself. You know, she says, I perceive you're a prophet. So let's talk about prophet religious stuff. Again, Jesus was having nothing to do with it. He did the same thing. Remember with Nicodemus, he just cut right to the chase. So he cuts to the chase in verse 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. So he's letting her know, no, salvation is from the Jews. Salvation is from the line of Israel, from the Jewish line, and that is correct. He says, you're worshiping, but you're worshiping what you don't know. Jesus continues, verse 23, but an hour is coming, and now is, 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. As I've said several times before, Jesus gives one of the most profound teachings on worship to this Samaritan woman. Really, probably his most extended detailed teaching he gives to a pagan Gentile. Okay? And so he's letting her know that it is come. The hour has come when worshipers will worship the Father. Now, notice this. We get really distracted, I'm, and I don't want to chase this rabbit too far, but I've mentioned it several times in and out in one of these episodes, that we worship the Most High God. We worship God. We worship Jesus. We worship the Holy Spirit. A lot of times people say, oh, no, no, you don't worship the Holy Spirit because it says the Spirit will not draw attention to himself. Well, that's absolutely true, but no, we worship God and all his triune nature. But quite often we get a little too focused on one or the other. And it's not like you have to sit there and say, okay, I got to give a third of my time to the Father, a third of time to the Son, a third to the Spirit. No, 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 no. But we forget that Jesus did what he did with taking on the form of flesh, of coming to earth, of dying for our sins, taking on our sins. He did all that to reconcile us to Father. We forget that, to put us in the right relationship with Father to where we can worship Father in spirit and in truth. And Jesus is saying that time has come. He said, Father is looking for these kind of worshipers. Verse 24 concludes Jesus' answer. He says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So he's telling them, don't be distracted by this mountain, that mountain. He's telling us, don't be distracted by the style of worship. Don't be distracted by worshiping. It has to be in this building, that building, this day of the week, that day of the week, that kind of stuff. But we must worship him in spirit and and in truth, that's the thing to be distracted by. Okay, that's the thing that I get highly distracted by. <laughs> because quite often in worship, it's not worship that's led by the Spirit. It's worship that's led by the soulish nature of man. And I'm talking about uh, the activity of worship, whether it's prayer or whether it's uh, music that we may do or prayer uh, or things like that. And then notice this. We must worship him in spirit and truth. If the truth is not being proclaimed... If the truth is not being made manifest, then it's not the truth. God is worship in spirit, is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So much of what passes as worship simply is not. I mean, I don't know how many cut and paste sermons I've heard. I don't know how many cut and paste uh, Sunday school lessons and teachings and Bible studies I've heard. And what I mean by that is that somebody just has an agenda and they'll find, oh, this is a cute little phrase from one sermon on a website. And then here's a cute little phrase over here. And here's a verse right here that I can, can use to sort of tie all this together and then read the verse, but never really tell what the verse is about and put all the other stuff together. And then we think we've got a great teaching. That is just pieces of fragmented truths, okay, at best. And for the most part, it's used for an agenda that's not really the truth. Jesus was telling her, and he's telling us, that you know what? The time has come that we will worship the Father in spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship him, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So watch what the woman says. We'll be done. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ, and that when he comes, he will declare all things to us. See, this woman knew 
she'd already thrown out all these little theological things, okay, about, you know, this well is Jacob, our father, dug it, okay? So the Samaritans are equal to Jews in her mind. And then when it finds out that Jesus is a prophet, she immediately launches into the, okay, worship here or worship there thing. And then when Jesus responds, she says, I know a Messiah is coming. She knows that Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ, the anointed one, and that when he comes, he's going to declare all things to us. She says, I know that. Then Jesus says this, I who speak to you am he, egoimi, the great I am. See, Jesus was forthright to those who would respond in this way, particularly those who were not Jewish. With the Jewish leadership, they'd ask, are you the Messiah, are you this? And so, well, you say so. He was evasive with it. Here he says it point blank. The, I am the one speaking to you, me. I am the one that you've been expecting, the Messiah. I tell you what, we'll stop right here and pick it up because what happens next is the disciples show up. Of course, they're dumbfounded about what's happening. <laughs> Again, I'm Dale. Hey, thank you so much for the time. Again, pass the word about these times. Share with one another. Help people hook up with a podcast on their phone or their tablets or their computers or whatever and uh, even Apple TV and stuff like that, okay? I'll see you again next time.